Hi, Tim. How are you? Carl, good, good, good to be back on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, where are you in the world today? I am uh, over in Europe right now, so it's uh, 5 p.m. my time. Okay, dinner time again. Um, so joining us is Tim Daniels of Boron One. Thank you very much for, for doing this. And, um, you know, maybe we should start it off with what is Boron? I, I, I'll be honest, it's a little bit new to me. I did a little bit of research on it. It's a pretty fascinating mineral. Um, do you want to kind of take the floor and start us start off there? Yeah, you bet. Um, and our story only makes sense if, uh, uh, if you first understand something about boron. Um, boron, I, I guarantee that everyone on this call today, uh, hundreds of times a day, uh, uses products that have boron in it that 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 wouldn't work the way we expect them to work if it wasn't for the boron. We are all impacted by boron each and every day, uh, and I bet there's uh, very few uh, listeners here that that know much about it. Um, let me give you some examples of of everyday uses of boron that for which there are no substitutions. Uh, for example, every one of us uh, walking around today have one of these little uh, smartphone devices in our pocket. Well, the reason why the glass doesn't shatter every single time you drop it on the, the sidewalk like I do <laughs> almost on a daily basis is because the glass has about 12% uh, boron content in it, and the, and, the, and the boron gives the glass its strength. It's the same thing with your computer screens, your TV screens. In fact, boron is all around us. It's in the ceramic tiles under our feet. It's in the fiberglass insulation in our walls. Uh, it's in the, 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 the fiber optic cable that runs our internet, the solar panels on our roof. Uh, when you get into your car, the reason why you, you feel safe these days, why almost every car out there has a five-star crash rating is because the roll cage is now made out of boron carbide steel, which is about four times stronger than, than regular steel. The next time you go into the fridge to grab yourself a, a snack, um, almost guarantee that whatever it is that you're snacking on will contain boron in it. Why? Because boron is, is an absolutely critical micronutrient and uh, uh, most of the crops around the world are deficient in it. And so boron is, is routinely added to crops all the time as, as a, a micronutrient fertilizer uh, to increase yields dramatically. So we use boron all the time, every day, in everything from, you know, the low-tech stuff like our laundry detergents um, all the way up through to... Uh, stealth fighter technology it depends on boron. So there's literally hundreds and hundreds of products that we depend on every day that wouldn't be the same or, or might not exist at all in some cases if it weren't for the boron. So <clears throat> boron is just absolutely essential to our modern life. Um, now, why don't we hear more about it then if it's so important? Well, a simple reason is, is that it's not a, a quoted commodity. Um, there's literally one handful, you can count all the uh, producing boron mines in the world on one hand. Um, and why? It's because boron is rare in economic quantities. 
there's trace amounts of it all over the the the, the world uh, in our soils, but to find it in large concentrations, large enough to to mine economically. <clears throat> there's literally one handful of those types of of deposits that we know of in the entire world. So it's um, uh, it's it's very much a, a small oligopoly. And the uh, uh, the players in that market um, treat it as a, a, a closely guarded secret. So boron isn't um, it's not a, a quoted commodity. You can't go to your Kitco app and see what boron is trading at right now. Doesn't exist. Every contract is a negotiated contract directly between the producer, the miner, and the uh, the user, which is hundreds and hundreds of companies that make. The, the many, many hundreds and hundreds of products that, that we use that have boron in it. <clears throat> so uh, um, for those reasons, uh, boron is this absolutely essential uh, uh, mineral um, uh, for which most people have really or no understanding of it. Um, and, uh, and what makes boron so special is uh, <clears throat> some of the characteristics of it. It's it's really, really hard. Um, literally, only diamonds are harder than boron. Um, but at, at the same time, it's very, very hard. It's extremely light. It's it's the fifth lightest element um, on the periodic table. It's very heat resistant. It's antimicrobial. It's corrosion resistant. So it has all these amazing properties that make it really, really um, uh, uh, special in a lot of ways for a lot of applications. And at the same time, uh, boron is really, really safe. It has about the same toxicity as table salt. So, so it's just one of these absolutely amazing, um, uh, minerals that, uh, uh, that it absolutely affects modern life. And, um, even though most people don't know about it, but the, the real, um, turning point with boron, uh, because boron has been around and been used for about 100 years. Um, in fact, any of the, the listeners who are old enough to remember, you know, back into the uh, 1960s and 70s, there was uh, this show called Death Valley Days, where they show the 20 mule trains pulling these wagons across Death Valley. And what they were pulling in those wagons were, was borax. And borax is a type of boron. And in those days, it, it was used primarily as a, uh, a laundry soap. Um, and so boron has been with us for a long, long time. And, um, and there's lots of, of well-established, good old, quote-unquote, boring uses for it that have been around forever. But here's the game changer. Boron is absolutely one of the most critical minerals for decarbonization. Um, the whole world is speaking about decarbonization, and they should be. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's a huge problem that we need to get our our hands around quickly, and it's going to be a huge problem for many many decades to come. Um, so every government, every corporation should be uh, concerned and talking about how they can help to decarbonize. Um, and so, getting off fossil fuels. Um, and turning to these green energies, all rely on boron. Why and how? So, for example, wind turbines, you need boron. Solar panels, rechargeable batteries, uh, making our buildings more energy efficient. Hydrogen fuel cells, um, carbon capture technologies, 
nuclear fusion, um, uh, uh, electric vehicles. You know, there's more boron in a Tesla than lithium in a Tesla. Each boron and every other electric vehicle that uh, is driving up and down the street has about 50 kilograms a boron in uh, in each car, and that's way more than uh, the amount of lithium in it. Um, increasing our, our crop yields, um, energy storage technologies, and so on. So all these green energies absolutely rely on boron to make them happen. And so for that reason, over and above the um, the historical market that's been around, as I said, uh, for some uses, been around for a hundred years or more. But on top of all that, there's this whole new group of demands for boron, um, which is blowing the demand right out of the water. And that's uh, all these new uses for decarbonization. So because of that, um, Credit Suisse uh, wrote a report on boron and, and decarbonization where they're expecting uh, the impact on uh, boron because of decarbonization to increase demand uh, for boron by tenfold uh, over the next couple of, of decades. Um, so incredible, incredible new use for boron that uh, has blown the dynamics of the market completely out of proportion. Hey, Tim, I got a DM uh, and someone's asking if there's anywhere you can steer them towards articles that talk about the supply demand of, of boron. Um, there is. Uh, it, unfortunately, the, the, uh, the research on, on boron is, uh, is few and far between. There, there's several um, good sources um, uh, of you know, boron data, um, but they're not free sources. Um, uh, some of the um, uh, handbooks that, that we rely on, you know, come from companies that um, specifically do these boron reports and they do them once every few years and they cost in the, the, the many hundreds of thousands of dollars. But also, I, I, I think um, if, uh, uh, if your listeners can uh, Google uh, supply and demand for boron. There, there, there is some data, although it tends to be dated um, in the public uh, domain. Um, some of that comes from sources like uh, uh, USGS, uh, US uh, Geological Survey, um, and, uh, and a few other independent sources. But again, the data tends to be um, outdated and sparse, again, because the, the, the market is 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 so close. There, there's such a small number of players who uh, who control the supply side um, and negotiate the contracts on a one-on-one basis with the buyers. And so there isn't a, a, a plethora of good public data available on the boron market. But uh, but with a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of elbow grease uh, searching the, the internet, you will come up on. Some data, although it will be uh, somewhat dated, meaning probably three or four year old data. Fair enough. So my question, I guess, is how did you get involved in in this? Um, you know, take us back to when, yeah, that whole start, sure. that whole thing started. <clears throat> yeah, um, and it 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 uh, came about by um, serendipity. Uh, it wasn't that I was going out looking specifically for a boron project. Um, frankly, when uh, when it was first introduced to me, I had 
less knowledge of boron than probably most people on the call here today. Um, what I was doing is I was looking in specific areas of the world um, as, uh, as possible areas to uh, acquire some mining projects. And I was uh, at that time, and this goes back several years ago, um, scouring up and down through Eastern Europe and through Central Europe. And uh, I, I always liked the, uh, the Balkan region generally because um, historically they weren't um, a, a, a part of the old Soviet system. So there was you know, far less um, Soviet mentality um, and influence and corruption. Um, they also had open borders, um, you know, throughout their history in, in Serbia. So, uh, so the people there were familiar with Western, comf- uh, Western lifestyle and, and ways of doing business and so on. And so we found that um, it was uh, uh, open, transparent opportunity to do business. And Serbia has a long history in mining. It, it, it has very, very well-defined infrastructure, especially for mining, um, but in general as well. It's situated um, as part of, of uh, Central Europe, and so it's, it's uh, strategically located right on the doorstep of, of Western Europe. And uh, when they came out from the, uh, the breakup of the old Yugoslavia, um, they were in dire need of uh, Western capital. And, and so I was in there looking at a number of, of really interesting looking uh, projects. And uh, the engineer that I hired and geologist I hired to, uh, to help me vet some of these uh, who were from there um, introduced me to, uh, uh, to this boron project, which was found by um, the National Power Company. They were looking to expand their coal reserves because this boron deposit was located right next door to uh, one of their coal deposits. And, uh, and so they were actually drilling to try to expand their coal reserve. And, uh, uh, and they hit this, uh, this new substance, which they really didn't know much at all about, but they continued to, to drill it out, uh, at least on a very wide grid. I think it was on about a hundred by 200 meter grid at that time. And it, um, and it looked like a, an interesting deposit of something, but they didn't really know what. Um, I came along and negotiated the deal and, and took over <clears throat> the rights from uh, from the power company. And so that that was kind of the the start of it for us. Um, over the years, we've we've uh, come to know uh, a fair bit about the markets. Um, uh, again, getting getting the material up out of the ground is pretty straightforward. Um, mining a boron deposit. Is similar, let's say, to uh, to mining a, a potash deposit in Western Canada. Um, <clears throat> so technologically, there's nothing really um, real challenging or unknown uh, in terms of the, the mining. And so, the, you know, that part was easy enough right from the get-go. Um, the big question is with any industrial mineral, especially when it's a, uh, a small oligopoly, is who are you going to sell it to <laughs> and can you sell it? And, and what is the, you know, the, the demand in the marketplace? Is there room for a new player to come into the market and so on? And so that was the steep learning curve for us. Um, is understanding the, this, this boron market and who the players are on both sides, both the, the, on the production side and, uh, and who are the big consumers of boron um, 
and uh, and 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 so getting our our heads around that part of the market and then starting to develop relationships uh, within the marketplace <clears throat> was uh, was a steep learning curve, but uh, um, but we're there now. We uh, we we know our way around the market. Since investors can't look at the price of of this, how how do you go about trying to quantify the value? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? How do you approach that? Yeah, well, um, uh, we we certainly have the ability to um, to see the, the the prices in the market um, in a lot of different ways. As I said, not only from the uh, the various research reports that uh, that I was mentioning earlier. Now, like for example, the probably the the Bible for boron is called Roskill, R O S K I L L, um, and and uh, that that's only published once every you know I think about five or six years. They 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 publish it intermittently as there's new information. And there really is a, a lot of really, really good data in there. But at the, beyond that, um, we gather a lot of information, um, both from uh, other producers in the marketplace and uh, and the consumers, the big companies that that are that are buying it. So we've got a good handle on uh, um, on what the prices and demand look like, who the big players are on both sides of the equation, it, um, and what their appetite is uh, uh, for boron and for a new player in the market and so on. So, so we've, uh, we've managed to, to uh, uh, accumulate that, that knowledge and data over, over many years. Um, and what complicates it somewhat, Carl, is, is the fact that, you know, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about boron right now, but boron, which is, you know, the, the element B, actually doesn't exist. Um, boron only exists as a boron oxide, and that boron oxide is always hosted in another mineral. And that's how boron is sold, is by the host mineral. So there are um, three main groups of, of boron that are uh, commercially produced. Um, the uh, the calcium borates uh, boron calcium boron um, is uh, is called colmenite, and uh, colmenite is primarily what our deposit is. And there's a whole set of of users in the world that uh, their preference is to to buy colmenite. Um, for example, it's used extensively by the glass industry, the fiberglass industry. Um, um, and 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 several others, but you know, to give you a, a couple examples, um, another type of boron that's commercially exploited is called ulexite. Ulexite is a sodium calcium mix uh, boron, so it's a different chemical formulation from colmenite. And uh, ulexite has a very different market. One of the 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 uh, the big users of uh, ulexite is the the fertilizer industry, um, and uh, ulexite works very very well. And as I said earlier, you know boron is an essential micronutrient in uh, in crops right around the world, and ulexite is the, uh, the the type of boron of choice used by the the fertilizer industry. Um, in the the third type are the sodium borites, and uh, and 
and there's really no market for them in their raw form as there is with the colmanite and ulexite. So the, 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 the sodium borites are always produced into, you know, either a, a, a pentaacid or a boric acid or, or other derivatives like that and are, are, are sold in that fashion. And, and so all these different products all have different prices, but I can tell you generally that, um, um, in, in terms of order of magnitude, Colmanite uh, today is worth a, about six hundred to seven hundred dollars per ton U.S. dollars. Um, Ulexite tends to be in an, in and around the same range, maybe about ten percent cheaper than the Colmanite and the boric acid, which is uh, probably the the, the bingo, biggest single product made from the, the sodium borites is worth about uh, 1200 US uh, per ton. So that kind of gives your listeners an order of magnitude of, of the prices of the different born. Yeah, thanks for that information. Um, you know, you definitely got me interested in it and I'm sure a lot more people today will have it on their radar. Um, let's talk about the deposit itself now and get mm-hmm. into that. And I know sure. there's some data you, you probably want to go over the... Uh, and, uh, you know, let's dig into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it, it, it's, uh, it, you know, when talking about the deposit, it's uh, important to uh, look at the, uh, the PEA that we published um, uh, last summer. I think it was about June of, of, of 22, I'm going to say, or in and around there anyway. Um, we... Uh, we did an updated PEA at uh, that point in time, preliminary economic assessment, um, and uh, and with some really robust numbers. So, uh, the you know the numbers look like this: um, we had about a hundred, uh, sorry, about five hundred and twenty-four million um, post-tax net present value using a ten percent discount rate. Um, we had a, a post-tax internal rate of return of seventy-eight point seven percent, which is Staggeringly high um, capex payback, meaning the 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 amount of time that it takes to pay off um, what it costs to build the mine, less than twelve months. Uh, looking at uh, an annual gross revenue uh, projected at about one hundred and twenty six million U.S. dollars per year, um, and uh, gross project revenue. Of just north of two billion um, U.S. dollars, and that operating margin of about seventy-two point four percent. So th- those are kind of the the, the high altitude numbers uh, from the PEA that uh, that we did last year. The, what was the, uh, the lifespan yeah. of the mine? Yeah. So the the lifespan as it sits um, in this PEA was uh, sixteen years. Um, the deposit remains unbounded or open in two directions. When we were drilling to the west and to the south, um, uh, the, the last uh, locations we drilled in those directions were still hitting nice, thick, bedded boron deposit. Um, so we didn't, we didn't hit the end of the resource. And in fact, we did do some what we call wildcat drilling out in the middle of the basin, which is almost a kilometer away from our last uh, uh, drill holes within the footprint of the deposit. And in uh, uh, those step out holes that were nearly a kilometer away, 
um, we were still hitting the boron um, in exactly uh, where we would expect to see them um, uh, um, with the right characteristics to look as if they were a continuation of, of our deposit. Um, and the same to the south. We stepped out several hundred meters to the south and, uh, and, and, and have the same result where uh, uh, we're still hitting boron well outside the known footprint. So it looks very much like, you know, just doing the back of the napkin. While we've drilled out right now about 16 years worth of reserve within the footprint of the, of the deposit, um, we, uh, uh, we expect that, that there could easily be another decade or more um, from what we've seen stepping out to the west and to the south. But we need to do more drilling in those directions to, uh, uh, to confirm that. So what would be the company's strategy right now for financing the build? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, very good question. Really, really important. So the one thing that, uh, that we've uh, 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 put in place over the, the course of this last year is a, uh, a strategic funding partner. Um, it's a, a company out of London uh, by the name of Osmos Limited. And, and Osmos has committed uh, the equity piece that we need. So our, our total uh, capital expenditure is uh, estimated uh, at about uh, 62 million to build the mine, of which um, we've been in conversations with, with several different, you know, debt financiers, uh, banks, and uh, quasi banks, government, uh, and and, uh, and and other NGO type uh, um, uh, debt financier uh, uh, organizations that um, have indicated that, that uh, uh, they're willing to put up as much as 75% debt financing uh, on, a pr on this project. Um, and so um, uh, uh, we, we put in place a joint venture partner by the name of Osmos, who is now committed to us uh, 22 million euro, which takes care of, of the equity piece. Um, and, uh, um, and we're expecting the funds to start flowing in imminently now, uh, from, uh, from Osmos. And so, um, um, we expect to be in a position now where, uh, there'll be no further, um, uh, capital outlay, uh, from Boron One between now and, uh, the, uh, uh, construction of uh, the, the completion of the construction of the mine. So when it comes to the market, the current market cap, and then obviously the business side of the deposit, which you've already walked us through, what is it that the market's not seeing, or what would you say are the headwinds that the company's facing right now? Sure, you know, and I, I think we we kind of touched on that at the very top. Um, uh, it, it's extremely challenging for the market in general uh, to get their head around boron. Um, there are no comparables out there. Um, the, uh, uh, of the, the handful of boron producers uh, in the world, um, the only other one that, that is a, a public company is Rio Tinto. They, they own, you know, U.S. Borax mine in California, and they don't publish any of their numbers on their, uh, on their uh, uh, boron mine, um, nothing. Um, you can find some uh, historical data, you know, maybe five, six, seven-year-old data um, from uh, uh, some public filings, 
but in terms of knowing what Rio Tinto is doing here and not now, what what sort of, of uh, numbers they're, they're generating off the boron deposit, it just doesn't exist. And they are one of the, the two big players. The other big player is the government of Turkey um, uh, um, and, uh, with a company called Eddy Mines. And, and, and uh, again, Eddy does not publish their, uh, their data, um, not in any meaningful way, um, because they don't have to. Uh, so the big, the two big players in the industry um, are, you know, extremely closed and, and secretive. So the, the challenge that we've had always on this project, <clears throat> when we uh, put the fundamentals, you know, our, our, our technical data in front of, let's, you know, mining analysts, people who really understand what they're looking at, um, they're, they're very... Uh, uh, quick and 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 can easily t- uh, discern that the deposit is there. We have what we say we have in terms of the deposit. Nobody has ever disputed that. So that part of their due diligence is is uh, slam dunk easy for everyone to do. Um, then when it comes time for them to do their independent due diligence on the market and the opportunity for a new player in the market, this is where they run up against a brick wall. Um, um, and they, they just come back shrugging saying, you know, we just couldn't find any, you know, meaningful information that, that allows us to complete our due diligence. And we've run into that time and time again, uh, with mining analysts, with institutional investors, uh, you know, with large, uh, uh private investors and family offices and those sorts of things. And they all, you know, come away uh, with the same conundrum that uh, that um, uh, they 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 just can't get access to enough data, independent of what we're able to supply to them, um, to uh, um, uh, to you know make a verification. And uh, and as I said, there's there's no comparables. You can't look at the the top five boron players in the market and see, you know, how they're doing just because, um, because they don't exist um, is, is the problem. Um, and, and so it's really, really difficult for uh, the marketplace to, to get their head around uh, um, w- whether or not there, there is the opportunity in the marketplace for, uh, for a new player like us and, and, uh, and, and what that opportunity looks like. So that makes sense. It's just a, a matter of becoming comfortable with the deal itself. Um, I, I, I obviously the next question would be, what does the company strategy to try to fix that? What can yeah. you do? You've got a lot sure. of data. Yeah. Um, so, so there's the the uh, um, the the best way that we are fixing that is by putting in place strategic alliances with. Uh, some of the biggest players in the boron business. We we've been working towards that, um, you, you know, for quite some time now. And and uh, um, in a few instances, are uh, are you know almost there, almost to that point. Um, so these are companies that do understand the boron market very very well. These are companies that, uh, in most cases, have um, an extremely large appetite for the boron that uh, that we're looking to produce, and uh, they're companies with very deep pockets, and they're very interested in, in partnering with us. Why? Um, because of you know some of the things I alluded to earlier, um, there was good equilibrium in the boron market for 
many, many years where the uh, the supply side and the demand side were, were pretty much in, in nice, even balance. And if you were uh, a company, uh, let's say, producing fiberglass and, and you wanted uh, a, a new delivery of boron by Friday, well, you pick up the phone Monday and, you know, by Friday, your boron is there. And that's how the world worked. Um, and so there was no great sense of urgency for these companies to do anything other than what they uh, what they've done historically, which was just that you know the just in time ordering of their inventories, and that all changed for a couple of reasons. One is uh, the pandemic changed that um, companies around the world, as a result of the pandemic, discovered how fragile their uh, supply chains actually are, um, and that um, the idea of having some you know robustness, some redundancy built into your supply chain is absolutely critical. And and companies came out the other side of uh, the pandemic saying that uh, uh, their new corporate mandate is to do just that, is to 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 change how they operate. So that's one factor that works in our favor. Another factor is that um, uh, the 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 nature of the type of boron that we have. Uh, and uh, culminate, and I mentioned that earlier, the calcium-based boron is mostly what we have. Um, of the small handful of producers in the world that have boron mines, there's only one that produces any amount of culminate, and that's Turkey. Um, and so today, all the buyers around the world who rely on culminate as an essential uh, uh, feedstock for whatever it is they're making, like fiberglass or ceramics or specialty glass products or whatever. Um, today, they're relying on one supplier, and they've never been happy about that. Um, and so, uh, but historically, that's all that's, that's existed. So now, when we have a conversation with those companies and say, "Would you be interested in an alternative supply of colmenite?" And they say, "Of course we would, but it doesn't exist." We say, "Ah, but it does," and that's where the conversation starts. And nobody has turned us away from the table, saying, "Now nah, we're 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 happy, you know, relying on one global supplier." Nobody's happy about that. So that's another factor in our favor. But the the third and biggest single factor, uh, which has uh, these companies aggressively looking to partner with companies like us now is, um, um, as I mentioned earlier, is decarbonization. Because of decarbonization, demand for boron is going uh, up dramatically and quickly. And so companies who need boron um, are, are scrambling because their historical supply, you know, that idea of calling on Monday and they've got the boron on Friday doesn't work anymore because now there's a lot more companies calling for that same boron. And so, um, so those companies now are sitting with guys like us, companies like us saying, you know, let's do strategic partnerships. So what changes the perspective of the market for us, Carl, is, um, is us being able to announce that We've just partnered with, you know, XYZ Corp, which is, you know, one of the biggest consumers of boron in the world uh, uh, or one of the biggest uh, derivative producers of boric acid or whatever. That's the, the sort of event that um, will 
you know, change how the market sees us. And number one, and number two, um, uh, 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 will, um, uh, uh, sorry, I lost my, my train of thought there. I was looking at a, at another note. Uh, um, and, and so it, uh, uh, will absolutely, absolutely put us into, a, you know, a different category, um, uh, by the, uh, 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 by the marketplace out there who's looking to uh, possibly invest in us be, by having the confidence that, okay, maybe maybe me as a retail investor, I, I can't get a whole lot of, of uh, uh, independent uh, research and, and, and value, validation, valuation on the boron industry. But the fact that somebody who's you know, one of the big players in the market is interested in a strategic partnership with boron one um, is the, the the validation that it gives us, and of course, ultimately, at the end of the day, um, what really matters, is, you know, the bottom line is the bottom line. And so, as we get into production, and as uh, our revenues start to ramp up to the sort of numbers that I was talking about earlier, um, then people will understand, you know, what what boron is. Uh, is all about and why it's valuable. Um, so, so there, you know, those are are the sorts of events that that change the outlook uh, uh, that the world will have on uh, on us and on Borman. Do you want to talk a little bit about the metallurgical um, data? Uh, sure. Uh, we we published uh, um, some metallurgical uh, reports recently. And it's really, really important um, because, uh, first of all, the results were really good, <laughs> uh, which is uh, which is great. Um, but uh, uh, more importantly, it uh, goes to the point that um, our boron um, has now been, you know, validated uh, in you know third-party bulk testing. Uh, metallurgical work done at an independent lab, and has shown that we can produce the uh, the three products uh, from our mine um, based on the types of boron. So we we primarily have colmenite, um, but we also have um, to a lesser deg a degree, but still a significant amount of ulexite, and and the third is kind of a mixed zone of boron. That uh, has um, it's con a conglomerate. Uh, it's homogenized, so it can't be separated out into its its primary borates, and uh, um, uh, and and so with the um, with the colmenite, our low hanging fruit is the ability to to take that raw colmenite that comes out of the ground and upgrade it uh, to uh, to a colmenite concentrate. And sell that to the fiberglass market, the uh, uh, the specialty glass market, and and so on. Um, and again, that's the product that I was talking about earlier that you know sells for in and around six to seven hundred dollars a ton right now. Um, the uh, uh, the work that we did um, at ALS uh, in, in Australia, and we use them because. They probably know as much or more about boron as as any uh, testing lab in the world. And they do a lot of work for the big players in the uh, um, in the boron industry. Um, and boron uh, 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 sold 
as concentrate, the colmanite sold as concentrate, averages about 40% uh, B2O3. That, that's how it's sold into the marketplace. So it, it, there's no such thing as, as, as pure boron. The sales grade is 40% pure. Okay, just so your, your listeners understand. So yeah, we start. Listeners, that's kind of like silver. Um, you know, you're right. not going to find. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, um, we started with a uh, uh, samples from right across our deposit that match our overall grade of, of colmanite. And uh, we did what's called, uh, not we, ALS on our behalf, uh, did what's called attrition scrubbing, which is really uh, low cost, uh, basic off the shelf technology. And just doing that, we were able to upgrade our culminate to a grade of 42.2%, uh, which puts it at easily at you know commercial grade uh, at or better grades than what uh, um, uh, uh, what you find you know commercially available in the marketplace today. So that was uh, um, really good for us to have because you know culminate is is our primary mineral. The ulexite. Um, uh, same thing. We, we we took the feedstock out of our deposit, which matched the overall grade right across the deposit, and we were able to produce ulexite concentrate with a grade of 57.9%, which is really, really high. The commercial grade of ulexite in the market tends to be um, usually between about 40 to 45. Sometimes you'll see it as high as 50, but that's very very unusual. Ours came in at 57%. So, so we were, again, able to produce uh, ulexite concentrate, which uh, meets or exceeds the specifications um, of the uh, uh, leading boron producers today. And the third was taking our, um, our mixed material, um, the, uh, the stuff that can't be separated out and, and uh, uh, upgraded to a concentrate, and so with that, we uh, produced boric acid, which is uh, a common derivative that's used, again, in, in probably 100 or more very common products right around the world. Um, and same thing, we were able to uh, produce uh, pure, 99.9% pure boric acid uh, using our, our mixed zone feedstock. So, so the end result of our metallurgical work uh, uh, proved that we can um, uh, commercialize our entire deposit. We, you know, we can we can have you know, revenue streams from every type of, of boron that uh, that we have in our deposit. Um, and 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 uh, and we're fortunate that way. And and uh, there are other types of, of boron, um, which fortunately we don't have to deal with in our case. But that have you know limited or 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 in some cases no commercial value, uh, <clears throat> but in our case, um, our entire deposit can be uh, commercialized and, and monetized. So, so we're you know extremely happy with that. Now we were um, uh, very confident that that those were what the results were going to look like. Now why were we confident? Well, because we've actually given. Uh, several bulk samples of our material to several companies around the world in the boron industry uh, to play with, to, to, you know, test our product um, to make their products <laughs> out of boron. Um, and in every case, they came back to us and, and said, yeah, 
it works. It does exactly what we would uh, would expect it to. So let's continue talking. So we knew from the anecdotal evidence uh, uh, from uh, uh, ver- these various companies that, in fact, our, our uh, material uh, you know works very well for uh, uh, for the production of, of boron derivatives. Um, but it's good to have the independent uh, metallurgical testing that verifies that, and we do have that now. So. So, and that, in, in fact, was another one of the um, requirements that, uh, you know, several institutions that are looking at us as an investment, um, they needed to be able to check that box. They needed to, to know that we had completed, you know, independent metallurgical work that verified that our deposit can, in fact, be uh, commercialized and monetized. And um, so we've got that data now. So that was really, really uh, important for us um, from, you know, from that perspective uh, uh, of investments. But it was also important because um, it's data that we need uh, to submit to the government as part of our um, um, licensing process. So, so um, yeah, so for those reasons, it was really, really important to get this done and, and, uh, and have positive results. And so we did. So we're very pleased with that. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of information for you know the, the the space today. I think what we where we should maybe try to end it here is is talking about the team mm-hmm. and the capital structure. Um, I okay. think you you've got probably I think you're under two hundred million fully diluted. I could be wrong. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, the company's sitting somewhere around just a probably around ten million market cap. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so a tiny market cap, um, uh, about 180 million shares issued, outstanding, and yeah, full full on um, under 200 million. Um, and it, it's um, uh, and, and so it's been fr- you know frustrating for us that we're sitting here at under a 10 million market cap, as you just pointed out. But but we are uh, turning the corner now, where um, we've gone from the hard, slow, expansive, high-risk part of, of project development and mining, which is exploration. Um, and, and a lot of your listeners, I think, might be a little bit you know, shocked by that comment um, because you know, it's oftentimes that you know, during the exploration phase that, uh, um, uh, that, that a lot of these junior companies you know, uh, run up in price. And that's true in the early days of exploration. Um, as you're, you're getting the first results, and and uh, and these results are you know new and exciting, the market's very excited, and uh, the market tends to run up as you know the the months turn into years because it does take years to drill out uh, an, an entire deposit um, to the point where you're ready to turn the corner and uh, uh, and and actually. Um, apply for a mining license, which is where we're at now. And uh, as those years go by, and as the company continues to spend millions of dollars, um, the enthusiasm wanes. The, the the you know the mystery is gone. Everybody knows that. Okay, yeah, another set of drill results, and they're good again. Hooray! Everybody's bored with it. Um, so we've gotten that behind us, and and it's really important uh, to understand too that. To get to where we are now, which is we're we're going through the mine licensing uh, uh, phase. Um, 
very few company, very few projects, I should say, get to that stage of their life. Uh, for for about every you know uh, three or four thousand projects that are explored, one of them becomes a mine. That that's the 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 success rate or lack of success rate in uh, mineral exploration. It's long, it's slow, it's expensive, uh, it's risky, and and after a while, it's boring. That's all behind us. So we are now going through the licensing process with the government. We're putting together uh, major joint venture partners um, and, and strategic partners in the boron industry. Um, and, uh, um, and, and so over the course of, of uh, uh, the next uh, two to three year period, we will complete the development of the mine and, and get into uh, the actual mining as a going concern company. Um, our, our team, you wanted to touch on quickly. Um, yeah, if you, uh, if you can touch on the team and then just, you know, operating costs, like what the cap, what the company has in the till for cash. Obviously, you know, you're, you still need money to, to build out what you're doing. We, we run, went over that. But and uh, the last raise, what was the valuation of the last raise? Okay. Um, so the, uh, the 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 team we have at the at the management level we've got uh, a small but experienced team. Um, I've been around the the, the public markets uh, for several decades. I've raised uh, several hundred million for various projects. Um, you know my background and, and expertise is in uh, financing, strategic planning, business development, uh, corporate finance, um, and uh, have uh, been either at the CEO or board level of uh, several public companies for the last several decades. Um, Jim Wallace, who's my chief mining engineer, been in the business for uh, you know, over 40 years now um, through all phases of, of mine development from early stage exploration through mine development, running mines uh, through to uh, shutting them down. <clears throat> um, we have two directors who are both from Serbia. Uh, Vladin Milosevic um, is a, a PhD mining engineer um, from Serbia, has worked on some of the, the, uh, the biggest mines and mining projects in Serbia, and uh, has been doing that uh, for, for the last several decades. And our fourth member of management is uh, Dusan Putinowicz, who is a, a geologist. And he is our, our project manager. Um, and uh, he was the uh, senior geologist um, and general manager at uh, the Geological Survey of, of Serbia, um, which is the, uh, uh, the government entity that, that oversees all their um, mining projects. And, and so he's run technical teams of several hundred professionals um, and, and has uh, been involved with all phases of, uh, of, of mine development. So, so we've got, you know, a, a, a small but uh, experienced team uh, at the top and then really good, uh, good uh, foot soldiers um, that, uh, that, that, that do the, uh, the day-to-day -day work. So, um, so I think we've, uh, um, we've got uh, real good uh, uh, management with proven track record and local representation and multidisciplined. Yeah, that's that's great. It sounds like you do have an experienced uh, team there to head this off. And when it comes to the last raise, 
What was the valuation of the last raise? Um, so the the last raise we did, and I don't, I apologize, Carl, I don't have the uh, numbers open in front of me right now. Um, but it was um, um, we actually just just announced. Um, I think that came out like a day ago, literally. Um, the uh, um, uh, a warrant exercise that uh, that raised um, I'm going to say about three hundred and twenty thousand um, or or thereabouts, um, um, and that was uh, done on a on a five cent warrant uh, exercise. Um, okay. That was the, the most recent round, but we really are anticipating that that uh, we are, are likely not going to have to do. Any uh, um, uh, any more significant rounds um, internally because, um, as I mentioned earlier, that um, uh, Osmos that that's coming in um, with 22 million on the project financing side, but the other uh, part that they committed to was a uh, uh, a commitment at uh, at the Pubco side. So um, so they'll be uh, taking a position. Um, of, of about eighteen percent um, at the uh, the pubco level, and uh, <clears throat> and the dollars in for that are, are um, uh, about four and a half million. I, I, again, I don't have the numbers open in front of me um, for that position. So that because they're doing it at uh, substantially above uh, current market price. Um, and and we are expecting that to close imminently. So they so they they've agreed at this point to a twelve percent uh, sorry a twelve cent uh, funding round. Um, uh, even though we're we're sitting in around the the five cent raise. So I got a lot of messages from people saying thank you, uh, basically in in many different words. Uh, mm-hmm. People didn't know too much about um, this mineral before they got on the space today, so it's been very educational, and um, you know, lots of questions around the management, which you've kind of gone over. Anything? Where would you like to leave it here? Um, I'd, I'd like to just tell people that uh, you know, in, in, in spite of the fact that that um, it's you know, it's easy to take a look at us and then walk away. Uh, um, you know, for the same reason that uh, uh, that others have in the past, which is that that uh, um, it's difficult to do your due diligence. And uh, what I'm saying is that um, we're putting in place now those fundamentals that change that 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 will make it substantially easier for people to not, not to understand the boron market itself. Um, I think that will remain a challenge probably forever. Um, for for anyone not in the boron industry, but um, to to take comfort in knowing that we've now partnered with uh, very large industry players, and that uh, and so you so the investor can uh, rely on the uh, uh, the expertise and due diligence of those industry players um, um, uh, to, to make their decision to invest in us. So, so I think we, we represent, you know, really, really good value down here. I think we're, we're dramatically undervalued. Well, hopefully you've got some new, uh, followers to the handle today. And, um, if anybody wants to reach out to you directly, where, what is the best, you know, uh, way to do that? Sure. Um, 
you can, uh, you know, drop us an email uh, is, uh, is, you know, always, uh, you know, a good, simple way of doing that. Um, you can reach out to uh, uh, Blake, B-L-A-K-E, at boronone.com is, uh, um, is uh, the best email. Um, Blake will um, be happy to answer all your questions. Um, you can always uh, um, uh, uh, give us a call. Um, uh, we're happy to, uh, you know, talk to you direct. Um, you can reach us at 888-289-3746. Um, go to our website at boron1.com. That'll give you a fair bit of information as well. Um, so yeah, by uh, doing those things, we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll get back to you. Fantastic, and we uh, we need an update on your AI, your tech company, because it's been a while on that, and I know that's mm-hmm. kind of exciting. And the market cap has, I think, doubled since the last time we spoke. Uh, I was looking at it earlier. Yes. So yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, lots of momentum in that space. That. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, enjoy your dinner if you haven't eaten yet. And um, yeah, not yet. we'll enjoy the rest of our afternoon here in uh, in Toronto. Okay, awesome, Carl. Always a pleasure speaking with you. Absolutely. Let's talk again soon. All the best. Thank you. All right, take care. Cheers. Bye now. Bye.